day and welcome to the Football Attic Podcast. This week, it's episode 12, it's all about playing football. Um, but before we get on to any football stuff, how are you, Chris? Oh, not bad, thanks. Yes, how about yourself? I'm alright, I've been doing kitchens. Well, I haven't, not you've been multiple doing kitchens. kitchens. Yeah, I've been putting doors on kitchen cabinets to make my kitchen look nicer. Um, oh, I see, right, yes. Fascinating, eh? <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I admire anyone who can turn their hand to that kind of thing. What can I say? I've had to drill holes and everything. It's not, wow. it's not just screwing things. It's drilling. <laughs> not on this podcast, anyway. <laughs> Boom! Hey, <laughs> ain't no drilling or screwing on these podcasts. <laughs> uh, anyway. well, well, good for you, anyway. Yes, you, you must be jolly proud of your achievements. I am. I'm very pleased. Pleased. I'm very pleased. Um, <laughs> Oh, this is going well, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I've got another two hours. This is only take twenty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, yes. Hello. Anyway, I forgot to introduce you as well. You are. It's, I'm. I'm Chris Oakley, and I am. Oh, I have Rich to do Johnson. that bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm Rich Johnson. In case you didn't know, which, to be honest, if if you didn't, well, that's just ignorant, isn't it? You should know. We're on number twelve, yeah. for God's sake. You know, go back and listen to We're the legends. first eleven. Yeah, legends. Legend. We've got a Sony Award and everything. We haven't got a Sony Award. We haven't no, got any I've, award. I've, I've made one out of clay and bits of Did feathers. You? No, I didn't. <laughs> bits of feathers. Yeah. <laughs> I found a bird in the garden and I made. I wrote Sony on it in Byron. <laughs> oh. And then nailed it to the offcut from one of your kitchen doors. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about, Chris? Uh, no, I uh, think we need to talk about football. <coughs> really, that's probably, yeah, probably we're here a good for. idea before we incriminate yes. ourselves with the RSPB. PCA. That's, that's animals, uh, not birds. It's the RSPB. Oh, it's it? R- RSPB. Sorry, that's yeah. the one. Yes. See, see, you've forgotten these. Now you've left the country. You've forgotten uh, these you know, important things. And and you know what? What's even more confusing, and, and I'll make sure this is the last bit of insignificant rubbish that we discuss before we get on to football, is that over here in New Zealand, the RSPCA is known as the SPCA. And I keep wanting to tell people, no, you've left the R off, you see. Oh, no, and, oh, sorry, I'm not in England, am I, anymore? Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, was, was New go. Zealand part of the old empire? I think it was, up until was we beat them at cricket, I think it was. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> Anyway, enough of this waffle. God, that's nearly three minutes of crap we've talked there. Excellent. Yay. That's and another 57 to go. Yay. Filler. I love it. Right. As I said, we're talking about playing football today. Now, uh, this, speci- well, it's not specific. I suppose it's quite a general topic, really. Um, and this is it's basically people's memories, your own, our own memories of actually playing football ourselves. Because so far, we've never talked about it. Um, and obviously, I have an illustrious career as a footballer. I'm joking, I don't really. Anyone knows me. Um, so, so how? Well, Chris, uh, over to you. And, uh, <laughs> Throw to you. Yeah, because we I really should have done a rehearsal. I, yeah, because I appear to have lost the ability to speak today. Um, when? Uh, what's your sort of first memory of actually playing football? So, was it was it kicking it around the garden, or or just you know playing professional league, and you just woke up one day? <laughs> and there I was in the Premier League. Yes. yes. Um, um, I probably would have, I'm guessing, I must have um, pl- kicked a ball around quite a bit in my back garden. We had a little patch of green out the back. And um, uh, what I re- what I do remember on that front, funnily enough, is um, we had, in our back garden, we had kind of two 
patches of lawn. One was like a sort of thin strip, and then there was a path working left to right. This is if you can imagine this, listeners, in your in your imaginations. Um, uh, so thin strip of grass, path. Then there was a rockery that my dad lovingly crafted um, many years ago, and then to the right of that was this bigger, like a square patch of grass. Uh, probably not that big in in real terms, um, but what. Um, I used to do was kind of dribble the ball kind of from one from the thin strip of grass over onto the bigger strip and then sort of turn around and then like turn around 180 degrees and then try a shot with the ball and try and score a goal through the what was actually a, a swing you know the frame of a swing yeah. um, and use that as my goal and use that for target practice and unfortunately the swing was right in front of the next door fence and the amount of times that I probably lost the ball over the fence I don't care to mention, um, but um, luckily the, the the woman next door <clears throat> used to throw the ball back uh, quite often, usually about once a month, something like that. <laughs> um, if only it was sooner. Um, so that was that was kind of probably where I started playing. But the, in terms of starting playing football with friends of mine, um, there was a there were a couple of brothers that lived just down the road, not far from me at all. Um, Michael and Dean Potter. They they were. I doubt. Highly, highly unlikely they'll be listening into this, but on the off chance, hello, Michael and Dean. Hello. I, they're, they're, they're absolutely no chance of that. Uh, but anyway, um, but Dean was only about a year older than me. I would have been about eight at the time. Dean was only a year older, but his brother, Michael, was, um, I think, about 15 at the time, and he seemed incredibly old to me. You know, the way that, you know, that thing when you're, when you're very young, it seems like people only a few years older than you just seem like they're in their mid-40s or something. I don't know what it is. Um, but I, anyway... I, I still get that today. I do feel, really? I feel very young relative to other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I just... I mean, like, Dean was only slightly taller than me, but his brother was just, like, almost, like, double my height. I just couldn't figure it out. He just seemed so much older. But anyway, um, they were, like, the first kids I probably started hanging around with, I think. And... Um, they they were already well into football, and um, so when I hooked up with them, we'd take a ball somewhere, and usually over um, across the road, there, there was this big kind of main road near where I lived, and on the other side of it were two schools, and on the back, at the back of those two schools was this massive great big strip of grass, um, uh, we called it the school field and it was just a huge area of grass and you could take a football over there and you knew that you wouldn't even no matter how you tried you wouldn't be able to kick the ball over any fence or lose it anywhere it was just like a never-ending kind of area of grass it was great and we'd play football over there most of the time and um, because they were older than me they were they had the, the 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 ability you might say to kind of see me coming from as in they I think they must have just played football between the two of them uh, before I came along and naturally enough I suppose when you're a kid the the thing that you love doing is playing outfield trying to score goals so when I hooked up with them they suddenly thought here comes a goalkeeper because <laughs> then that way they could both play outfield and then do all the shots and and try their luck at scoring goals and all that sort of thing but i was so young i was just didn't i i just didn't know so the first thing they did when we started playing regularly was to teach me how to be a good goalkeeper <laughs> that's kind of it makes me laugh now actually they must have sort of thought yes we've got <laughs> someone now finally we've got someone we can practice our shooting against um but to their credit they they did a really good job at, in, to, to the extent that when i played football um you know even into my well into my adult years i had a 
you know some ability let's say to play in goal I could sort of stop shots and whatever because of them because of the fact that they actually taught me how to dive you know properly and land in such a way that you didn't hurt yourself and you know uh, if if a, if you were running if a striker was running towards goal then you'd have to come out and sort of narrow the angle and all those kind of things they just taught me all those things and there was a kind of very happy days actually and so that's that's kind of where my football playing started uh, at the age of probably about eight as far as I can remember aside from playing in the back garden uh, would do you have an equivalent experience um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I think my my first. Uh, well, I, there's a picture of me as a uh, probably about a two year old kicking a ball, but I think that's. I don't particularly remember that much, but um, I think most of my um, early years playing it was in the back garden with my brother um, because mm-hmm. we had the, the the layout of our house. We had like a, a late sixties suburban house. And it had a big long drive that went all the way from the front of the house up the side of the house and then to the back to the garage. So when we closed the the back gates, we had like a nice little sort of playing area, a very small playing area of like driveway. Mm. So the back yes. gates were my brother's goal and my uh, the garage door was my goal, um, <laughs> <coughs> which was good because that was slightly smaller. So I used to score a lot more. <laughs> um, <coughs> but we used to drive people nuts with it because... We didn't open the garage door because usually the car was in the garage. So we used to just bang the ball against the garage door. And the thing is, as a child, I didn't realise, you know, you just don't as a child. It's like you just don't, you know, you can hear it banging, but to you, that's just like a goal. And it's like, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas to anyone in the area, that would have been so annoying. Just hearing this ball constantly smashing into this metal metal door, you know. And the thing is, if my kids were doing that now, I'd be shouting my head off at them, going, stop bloody making noise, you know. Too right, yeah. And I'm amazed that my parents put up with that. Um, We did actually switch at one point. We had had like a chicken wire fence between our garden and next door's garden. So mm. we then, at some point, we I think it was the first time I can remember doing this was actually the night that we uh, that we won the FA Cup. Not me and my brother. We didn't win the FA Cup. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we switched to playing across the garden. So we had a much larger mm. playing area. And also, I liked the fact that when my brother scored, I didn't like it when he scored, but when he did, it made a kind of nice rattling sound because it hit the, the metal fence. Um, <laughs> the problem with that was that I was quite enthusiastic as a goalkeeper at this point. I was quite into football and I would dive all over the place, um, which was fine, apart from, you know, having to get very muddy. But it did mm. kind of churn up the grass. And for about a year <laughs> afterwards, there was a completely bald patch on the grass. And again, <laughs> had my kids done that, I'd go ballistic at them. <laughs> <coughs> but apparently it seemed perfectly fine for me to do it. You know, and I, again, as a child, I just didn't see what the problem was. Oh, it's just grass. Yeah. Ugh, whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, but it looks a mess. It's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I tell you what, there's the two things you mentioned there. It's that's you, you've really nailed a couple of interesting points which I just hadn't even considered. Um, one of them uh, is what well, you're saying about the noise. I mean, we had an equivalent, <clears throat> excuse me, an, an equivalent thing, not so much noise, um, but just um, sh- by way of using a goal for you know something that was there, you'd use it as a goal. And I mean, I mentioned about going over to the school field, in fact. Um, when I was young, uh, we lived in a house that was in a cul-de-sac and directly outside our front door was this big square green of grass, um, enough enough sort of size um, to, to be able to kick a ball backwards and forwards between you and a friend or whatever, but not much more than that. And yet, um, what we used to do, one of the other houses near around this square, three-sided square, 
had the this kind of um, hedge, like a small hedge to um, screen off the, the, the windows at the front of their house, if that makes sense. And we, on the green, we would use that hedge as a goal. Now, we used to smash the ball into that hedge not obviously not making noise or anything like that was kind of on on your uh, thing that you said there but we we must have caused such inconvenience to this uh, couple that lived in this house an old kind of couple because we we would use that hedge as our goal and we must have absolutely massacred this hedge um and and you just sort of think now you think oh my god you know as an adult you think if i was growing that hedge being something of an amateur gardener myself certainly you think it would you just would have would have been dead by the end of the year with all the damage that it had done to it so that was a kind of an equivalent thing for me and then secondly um, along similar lines actually talking about the back garden um my dad used to love gardening uh bless him and he, he i mean it wasn't like our back garden was like you know, some kind of, you know, like Kew Gardens or something like that. It wasn't sort of brimming over with colour and, and whatever. But it, certainly my dad spent a lot of time out there and grew a lot of flowers and things. And when I was playing out there, regularly I'd end up accidentally kicking the ball into a flower bed and probably killed any number of different flowers out there as I was doing so. And I can hear him now sort of saying, mind my flowers if you're kicking the ball. Mind my flowers. And you're absolutely right. At the time I was just like, but I'm playing football. <laughs> like exactly. that's the priority. <laughs> and all that, all that time he took to grow those flowers, and I just I hold my head in my hands and thinking, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, that's the funny thing because my dad was was also a keen gardener, and he had um, that back row where we used to play, um, uh, where we used to use the the wire fence as a goal. I think when we used to do that, he wasn't growing anything there. He used to grow a lot of lupins and a mm-hmm. particular flower that I remember from my childhood. And he used to have mm-hmm. loads of them there. So I don't think we ever played then. I think it was when he'd actually moved. I think it was when he'd taken them all out. So that area was yeah. bare. I think that's when we played across the garden because I don't think we'd have right. actually been so cruel as to actually just play directly at his plants. But we did <laughs> once, actually. I remember one time we actually um, snapped the head off one of them. Uh, like <laughs> oh, like uh, Probably about like a, a, a foot-long piece of lupin. And, uh, and we were kind of like, oh no, what do we do, what do we do? So we put it in the bin. The only thing is, though, being kids, we didn't really think, and we just put it on top of everything else in the bin. So the next time he opened the bin, there's this Lupin staring at him, you know, kind of, they killed me, you know. And it's just like, and of course he was like, yeah, did you break one of my Lupins? We're like, what? How did you know? It's, like, it's so stupid, you know. But the first, it reminded me, actually, because one time <clears throat> it was raining um, and the car wasn't in the garage, so we decided to play in the garage. Like, you know, no. small though that would be, we still wanted <laughs> it was our dry. football fix. But the funny thing was, <clears throat> we thought, well, we won't use the football because that could cause damage. I mean, it was only a plastic ball anyway. It wasn't like a leather one or anything. Yeah. So we thought, well, we'll use the beach ball. We want a beach ball, so that's mm-hmm. going to be light. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I think about the first or second shot that we did, it bounced up and smashed the light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so we kind of abandoned that. It wasn't good. Oh, uh, but it's yeah, it's funny you saying about um, like the plants and everything because yeah, we had exactly the same. I mean, my dad used to grow a lot of runner beets, and we had a greenhouse in the garden as well. And <laughs> I'm sure dear. we hit it, but I think if we'd have been using a leather ball, it would have probably put it through. But, Decimated um, the bloody thing. Yeah, quite. But uh, uh, thankfully, it was only a plastic ball, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But yeah. it, it is quite fun. The, the days, it's almost like a Beano sketch, isn't it? Kind of, you know, chasing after you with a slipper or something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, dear. Just while we've been talking there, I just think I just had this flashback to the amount of flowers I must have snapped. And I know now, because I, I say I've, for, for some while, I've been sort of dabbling around in the garden, sort of trying to grow things. I just think, oh, my God, I'm just, I'm like, I feel absolute 
yeah, <laughs> just such guilt of what damage I must have done to those bloody flowers and things that my dad must have grown. Early. Anyway, I'll deal with that after the podcast. I'll <laughs> yeah. come to terms yeah. with my guilt. Yeah, <laughs> work through your issues <sighs> later, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I better do that. Yes. So uh, yeah, so I mean, I mean, after that. I suppose by that point, I, I mean, actually, I, I, one last thing I was going to say, I'm playing in the garden there. Uh, we actually finally stopped, I think, one time when we were playing and the ball, I think it was probably about nine, nine o'clock at night and the ball was smashing against the garage and there was a mm. bunch bunch of lads down on the field. Um, and there were, there were often like a bunch of older lads down on the field, which is why we played in our back garden and not on the field because we were too scared. Um, <laughs> and uh, at one point, I think we just, my brother had just scored a goal and it smashed against the garage. And one of them shouted. Bear in mind, this is about like a hundred yards away. He went, "Stop that bloody noise! I'll come and smash your head in." And it was like, "Okay, it's obviously quite loud then." <laughs> so, don't think we yeah. ever. Don't think we ever played after that. <laughs> That's when the penny finally dropped. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is quite annoying to people. Yeah. Oh dear, I just it's just terrible, isn't it? The things you do when you're young. Yeah, you don't <sighs> care. You don't realise. Yeah, that doesn't mean to say that my kids shouldn't realise now. You know, they should have that insight. Oh, no. And if they Absolutely. don't, then woe betide. It's it's it, yeah, it's two two thousand and thirteen, and and you know, parenting has to you know meet the standards. Exactly. We yeah. have to we have to let them know. Uh, I was going to say actually, um, uh, so one of our first comments that we've had about this was um, I. In in a nice little sort of tie-in with this, I, I reposted my article I wrote about a year and a half ago about um, yes. the first goal that I scored, that I would consider my first goal. Um, <laughs> and actually, we got a reply from Matthew Kamiski, who actually said that he defines the first goal is the first one you score for a team who are all wearing the same shirt. And he puts in brackets, <laughs> excluding school playground, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was quite a nice definition of, of your first goal. I mean, Yes. Technically, when I scored my first goals, as I defined them in primary school, I wasn't wearing the same shirt as everyone else, but it was in a games lesson, so it kind of, you know, kind of counts. Hmm. In secondary school, we would yeah. have been wearing the same coloured shirts, but it was primary school. No one cares at that age. You know, they <laughs> I think they do now, but they didn't yeah. then. Not back in the good old days. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's quite funny, because, I mean, I hadn't been playing football long at that time, because, like I say, you know, Mexico 86 and all that. Um, I hadn't really been into it, <laughs> so uh, it was literally the last few weeks of of my um, of my term at primary school because it was when I was eleven. Yeah. So it was just before I was going off to big school, um, <laughs> and I just remember it because, like I said, I'd never been a particularly good footballer, having not really played it much, and just the thrill from scoring that goal, <laughs> just, as I as I demonstrated uh, on my uh, on my uh, diagram of the goals on that well, article. I'd... My amazing tell you run what, afterwards. It, yes, I was just going to say that if it, if you haven't seen that article, uh, listening peoples, um, I'd strongly urge you to look for it. Uh, my first goal on on uh, www.thefootballattic.com because it's one of my favourite posts, and it's just it's it's quite simple and and yet the the way Rich has um, you know um, illustrated his mazy <laughs> run, it's just an, an absolute joy. It's a beautiful little thing it is. Um, I just only wish I could remember what my first goal was, so I could illustrate it in a similar way, but I can't. But um, but yes, no, it's <laughs> brilliant, brilliant diagram. If you don't mind my saying so, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it was a defining moment in my life. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I'm sure that the, I think I put in the post as well that by the time I'd finished my major run, I think everyone had already kicked off because they were just like it was just a kick around. <laughs> it was just a yeah. kick around after the end of a games lesson. And to me, it was just like you know, that's oh, my first proper goal. <clears throat> but then moving into secondary school, which is where I. As I made reference in the article, it was my second couple of goals. Um, <laughs> I went to a rugby playing school, 
Uh, it was an old boys Ooh. school, and it was a, a school that enjoyed rugby a lot. And I hate rugby. I hate playing mm. it. I, I, at the time, I could run fast, so that was my one advantage. I could run past most people until someone decided that they couldn't be bothered to tackle me, just trip me up, and I went <laughs> flying into a load of mud. And oh. I just, I got up and I said to the person, I said, like, what the hell did you do that for? You're not allowed to do that. And he went, well, I wasn't going to tackle you. So <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> so this is not stupid. But this isn't fair, world. <laughs> <clears throat> I was going to say, you must have been able to run fast, because I was never able to take on anyone at any stage in my childhood. I was just always a bit sort of slightly overweight, a bit chubby around the thighs, and so therefore I had no ability to kind of sprint past people. So doing an equivalent mazy run was just completely off limits for me really so i i take my hat off to you for being able to do it well when i when i was age 11 and 12 i was i was actually still quite thin and uh, i i always had pretty strong legs so I, I could sprint i was actually i was a very good sprinter in those days nowadays not so much not so much <laughs> I, <laughs> okay a few cakes and biscuits later and i find myself not able to sprint that well well, well, I listen, you, you, you've, done, you've done all the hard work. It's okay. You've done you've done your hard work. It's time for you to have a rest now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had about twenty five years of rest. Um, <laughs> That's good. That's good. But yeah, I I, I could sp- nowadays I could sprint. I can still sprint, but it'd be for about three feet, and then I'd collapse. So, so <laughs> the same. But yeah, that was. I mean, I I scored, and, and of course, when you get into secondary school, um, I mean. You start. I was about to say you start having proper organised um, football, but of course I just remembered that at my primary school we did have um, a football team, mm-hmm. um, which which uh, the the one the over abiding memory I have of that is every Monday I think because I think they played on a Saturday or Sunday morning, and every Monday in uh, assembly, the captain would come up and read a match report. Which would always <laughs> consist of the smallest piece of paper I've ever seen. It was about the size. It, was a, it would always be about the size of a business card, and he'd. It, it's like he hadn't folded it, but he'd scrunched it up. So he'd unscrunch it, and then mumble like a sort of a twenty to thirty word report on what it was. No one ever got any of those information because you could not understand a word he was saying. It'd be like, uh-huh. like kind of. Hear this. The loudest part would be the unscrunching of the paper. Then we go. I'm probably played so and so on this thing. So and so, and then we scored, and it was two 0 and then and and then I think, and that's all. Thank you. And it was like what? <laughs> so that, did that he hold my... the actual bit of paper up in front of his face so he couldn't even lip read what he was no, saying? No, no. What he did was he bent his head down to the piece of paper so that <laughs> oh, he right. was almost hunched over reading it. <laughs> Obviously, the poor kid didn't really want to stand in front of about 500 kids and read this out. But you know that was part yeah. and parcel of being the captain. Tough, you know, man up, <laughs> man up, yeah. you, cry, you crying eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it amounts to the same thing, doesn't it? Really, just sort of hunching over so you can't really kind of hear what he's saying. So uh, yeah. yeah, fair enough. But obviously, in, in primary school, the, because you only have generally one class per year. Um, it was if you wanted to be in a an official football team, you had to be in you know that year's school football team. So you had to you'd play against other schools. So you had to be pretty damn good. Of course, when you get into secondary school, there's a lot more kids. And we had I don't know how it works at other schools, but in at my school we had the house system. So you're all broken up into yeah. little um, physical different sort of blocks. And uh, sure. so obviously you then had into house football. Um, yeah. And I think I played one match for the A team. And then I was in the B team, <laughs> but I was quite I was quite happy being in the B team because when was, to be fair, even in the A team, I think I only got I, I think it was a substitute. And I only got played for about like twenty minutes towards the end, but I hated mm. it because I think I got played back in defence or something. And I'm not a natural defender. I don't I don't like tackling. My, obviously, with my ability to sprint and sort of <laughs> you know I I wanted the glory as well. So I generally either play in midfield or kind of up front. Um, mm. 
but I had no proven ability to play up front, so I got stuck in defence and, <laughs> and didn't generally much like it. And then after that, I I think I think I volunteered to go in the B team because I think it was kind of I think it was suggested and I agreed with it because I thought well and it, I enjoyed it much more because it was a lot less pressure because you weren't kind of you know that you weren't it didn't count as much you know it wasn't the yeah. proper it was like playing in in League One. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, I'm so yeah. is far bit for me to say. I mean, yeah. Relative to the championship, because yes. obviously the championship is the top is, is the top league. tier. Yeah, yeah, well, indeed, there's nothing else that matters. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, so it sounds like you had a kind of rich and illustrious kind of time playing football in in in, in um, your school days, albeit secondary school days. Yeah, I've built it up that way, haven't I? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I'm. Uh, it just sounds sounds very good to me. It was all right. It was all right. I, I, I like I said, I enjoyed playing the B team. My my highlight was a match that we won seven one, uh, and hey. I scored two goals in it. And the funny thing is, for years I thought I'd scored a hat trick, but I didn't. <laughs> and I only know that because actually going through a bunch of old stuff from my attic the other day or a while ago, um, I found mm-hmm. the actual program that we had because for a couple of matches we actually made match programs. It's great. <laughs> so. Um, and Fantastic. it was very, the funny thing is it was based on the the Coventry City program at the time. <laughs> I reckon funny that the design, yeah. yeah. And it was um, and it easily was, uh, influenced. I, I was in McLaughlin House and we played. I mm-hmm. think it was Stringer, um, <laughs> Stringer, or, yeah, Stringer it was, yeah. And they were rubbish, and they, we beat them seven <laughs> one. But it turns out I only scored two goals because I've actually written down yeah. the fact that I wrote two goals on my program. On my program, uh, the tricks that your mind, that your memory plays on you. I think the reason for that is because I did actually have a penalty. Um, so I think <laughs> in my mind I scored that penalty, whereas in reality I hit the corner flag. It's <laughs> an easy mistake to make. The, the sad thing is that's not actually a joke either. I actually did hit the corner <laughs> flag with it. Because I sure. ran up to it and I thought, right, I'm going to welly this one right into the top corner. And I did, <laughs> top corner of the pitch. <laughs> I don't think everyone else around because I, it was me that had been fouled because I'd already scored at that point. My first goal was a great one actually. It was like one of those like sort of almost like a, a my, um, like a Michael Owen from '98. Admittedly, yeah. not as good as that. I'll admit that. <laughs> but it was kind of like an over the shoulder. Came over the shoulder, controlled it, and stormed into the into the into the box, and then just basically wanged it, and, uh, <laughs> and, it, went, and it went in. It was a great goal. Um, and oh. so, and about five minutes later, exactly the same thing happened. Only this time, someone sort of poleaxed me in the box. <laughs> so we had a penalty. And I think there was a couple of other people who were better at football than me, going, "Oh, I want to take it. I want to take it." You know, and I went, and I went, "No." I think I was the captain as well that day as well. So I just went, <laughs> "No, I was fouled. It was my goal. I'm going to yeah. take it." And then I had to turn around and face them after I'd missed it <laughs> really oh. badly. <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. Sorry." But then I, <laughs> But then I scored again, and I, I can't really remember that goal. I vaguely remember it. was late in the game. I think that was like a close tap-in or something. I think it might have been a goal-mouth scramble. But I still, yeah. I still head down the pitch in my Maisie run style. <laughs> my, Tard- <laughs> my Tardelli-esque run. <laughs> Didn't have your shirt over your head at that point, no? Uh, no, no, that would not have, been, not have been advisable. Although that does remind me, actually, I think a year later, when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was starting to chub up, as the technical term is... <laughs> We played. Um, we played a game. Uh, actually, we as well. We the pitch we played on. The the A team all played on the top pitch, which was like a mm. nice flat one. We played on a pitch which was called seasick, because <laughs> you actually looked at it from a distance. It was it was like humped. It, the pitch sort of like it had like peaks and troughs. So when you were running, and they were significant enough so that when you were running, you could sometimes do your ankle in because you'd be running, and all of a sudden the ground would be dropping away from you. Um, 
But I remember one time we were playing on that pitch, and uh, I think I was a substitute. And again, every time I was a substitute, I only seemed to get on in the last 10 minutes. Um, everyone else, they, I think he changed about three players at halftime, except me. And um, mm. and in those days, I think we had proper shirts as well. We had um, red uh, with white pinstripe shirts. And uh, hey. I just remember, we, we didn't have our own, we didn't have enough to have all the substitutes. So you had to swap the shirt with whoever was going on. Mm. And what I did, what I did was I hadn't spotted what everyone else did was they wore their rugby top underneath and then changed over that. I didn't. I just changed my top. So I was then walking onto the pitch, but which was by now freezing cold in, in someone else's really sweaty shirt. Oh. So I was now shivering because the, obviously the sweat was just kind of you know, right. The cold, Please. dank T-shirt was right up against my skin and it was freezing. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Things are sticking in your mind. They were they were like bullets. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> to coin a phrase. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah so oh my god. See, when uh, we said we were doing playing football memories, no one ever thought we would be getting that. No, no, <laughs> no, indeed. Sweat and bullets. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I'm gonna. Um, my equivalent is not from secondary school. Um, I sadly didn't scale the same heights as you when it comes to school football. Um, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this on a podcast before. I, I may have just bored everybody I know with the same anecdote. I don't know, but um, um, basically, my the only time the only time I ever played in a school team was at junior school level. So I would have been probably about nine, something like that. And um, so this was not not far away from when I was playing football with uh, Michael and Dean Potter that I just mentioned earlier on. Um, in fact, funny enough, one thing that's just sort of come to mind is that. Um, Dean Potter was a pretty good footballer and and played, you know, a pretty pretty good standard of football for the school, and I can remember him uh, shows how kind of out of the loop I was and how poor I was, um, footballing wise. That I remember Dean saying, "Oh, he said I'm I'm in I've been picked for the second team this week," and I used to think, "Hey, pretty good going, eh?" Not knowing, of course, that second team is the reserve team and that the first team is the one that you're supposed to be getting in. So he's <laughs> just thinking, "Oh, yeah, well well done." And he says, "Hey, no, just but I was in the first team last week." And I'm like, first team, second team, really really young and didn't understand how all these things were named. Anyway, that's that's a by the by but I mentioned that because of the fact that at some point somehow I don't know how but I actually managed to get into the second team myself and that was I felt that was a pretty good achievement for my limited capabilities um and um and so um I had a brief period there where we played against sort of all the other local junior teams uh, junior school teams and as I say forgive me if I mentioned this on another podcast or whatever but all the school junior school teams their kit was basically a replica of sorts um, of a, a, a proper football league team. So if I was to say that our kit was orange shirts, white shorts, orange socks, sorry, tangerine, if you get what I'm saying here. So basically we had the Blackpool kit. That was our kit. And um, uh, there was another school called Dorothy Barley. They had like the Bristol Rovers kit, the blue and white quarters. And um, but the But the one that sticks in my mind was... Um, uh, my the closest I ever came to scoring a goal for a school team, and it was we were playing against Manor Junior School um, from Dagnum, and their kit was the Middlesbrough kit at the time, which was basically all red but with that white band across the middle of the shirt. It sticks in my memory, and we humped them nine nil. Thank you very much. <laughs> Keep you seven one, um, nine nil. And I did you and, score two goals, Chris? No, I didn't. No, I uh, did. Did you miss I'm a just, penalty? 
No, no, no yeah, I didn't shut even... up, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> but it was a, a, a the reason I remember it, it was a, a, you. You said about your team played on sort of Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, we played our games on a Sunday morning, and on this one occasion against Manor Junior, it was a really foggy, uh, cold, foggy Sunday morning. And I remember heading out, uh, just walking down the road to my school where the game was going to take place, and um, thinking, "Oh, I don't know. If this is. You know, I'm not sure if this is the life for me, uh, being a footballer, playing in these kind of conditions. <laughs> Things like you know, forget sort of snow or anything like you know, fog was clearly my limit. Uh, but anyway, got to the school." You change into your kit and you run out, and um, yeah, it was a it was a really convincing victory, as you can tell from the scoreline. But the closest I came was um, during the match. Um, I picked up the ball and then just sort of headed off, running off upfield. This was I was just about in my own half at the time, and I sort of ran as fast as my chubby little legs would would carry me, and um, got into the opponent's half, and I heard my uh, our manager again in quotation marks is basically um uh, mr kinnaird the uh teacher who ran the, the the football team and i heard him shout out shoot shoot and i was way out i was absolutely way out uh, but i just sort of remember thinking well i should probably do what he says because he's the teacher and he kind of knows what he's talking about because he runs the team and from a ridiculous distance i just like swung my leg at it and shot from what the image in my head is that I was about three miles out from goal um, but I gave it all I could and I just whacked the ball and I just sort of remember it kind of bouncing off into the distance like a sort of Douglas um, uh, not Douglas Bader what am I thinking of a Barnes Wallace that's the, uh, the <laughs> reference I'm looking for Douglas Bader is something actually I probably did if you, um, if no, you were anyway. swinging your legs at it Douglas Bader style you might have got a bit of sort of oomph at it <laughs> well it would have been like one of your penalties uh, Ooh, man. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. uh, sorry like one of those um, Barnes Wallace uh, bombs just kind of like bounce 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 going off to the distance and yet even from that distance, I forced the keeper into a save. I remember the goalie sort of scrambling across and he just had to push it wide of the post. And I thought, well, you were lucky to get that. But then I thought, hang on, why, why did you get me to shoot from just inside my own, <laughs> from the opponent's half? I could have gone a bit further, actually. Um, but that was that was kind of like the high point uh, for me, really. But I used to play um, right half, uh, midfield, basically. And I can remember some of the players in our team at the time, I think it was... Um, Jason Atwell was sort of centre, centre. Where was he? Was he um, middle of midfield sort of thing? Um, oh, I'm just actually, I've probably forgotten now. Alan Dunn. Oh, Martin Oliver. He was a good friend of mine. He was right wing. He used to be just up ahead of me. Up. Uh, he's like when the game kicked off. He was just up to the right. I can see him standing there now. Um, Craig East was another good friend of mine. He was in the middle of the defence. Still remember. Just a really happy time. And 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 funnily enough, I must have known my limits because um i never at any stage sort of thought oh i must try to get in the first team i was just i was really happy playing in the second team because all my mates were in that team and it just seemed like this is absolutely fine for me and i think it was the only time i ever got a certificate at the end of the year school year you know they used to hand out certificates for people in the in the cricket team and the football team and the whatever and that was the only one I ever got was being in the school second team, and um, I cherish that. Um, happy days, yes. Never at senior, at, uh, sorry, senior, um, sort of secondary level. Uh, just there were too many other kids that were way, way much better than I was, so I never stood a chance of getting in a team there. Unfortunately, 
There no, so, same, same here. I had no chance of getting in the school team, but like I say, thankfully because we had houses, there was, a, there was mm. a chance there. One thing you said actually, like about it being foggy, that that was always my favourite kind of weather for playing football <laughs> in, because it's like, I think we used to play games at about uh, like on a like Wednesday morning or something, and it was just kind of yeah. when you had those proper nice sort of foggy days for going <laughs> out, and you'd sort of walk out, and there's like you know kind of everywhere's quiet on the pitch, and it's just foggy and slightly damp but and, and nice and cool as well so you can sort of <laughs> run around and not get you know not get too hot but it just reminded me of something else as well and I, was, I just thought i don't know if you get this so much these days but when we were kids the balls we had at school were kind of like uh pimpled rubber oh, like, yes they had like an, in, an internal bladder and then they usually i think they were mitre ones and they had like pimples on them so that whenever they smacked on your legs on a freezing cold morning oh. they left a massive red mark <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the worst ones were where it skimmed off your leg because it took half the skin with it. Oh, and it just, I just suddenly had that memory flooding back then of being whacked on the legs by the ball, you know, kind of. Oh, yes. And like I say, these days you probably wouldn't get that because the ball would be nice and smooth and aerodynamic mm. or something. And just kids today don't know what they're missing, you know. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the, the reverse print of the word mitre on my inner thighs <laughs> it's only just worn off. Oh, my God. Yeah, God. Those, those balls. More memories actually came back to me as well. So that's one one thing I was thinking of that I distinctly remember, and I, and I I haven't had it for years. But there was somewhere I went recently, and the smell was the same. It was basically after you'd come in from playing games, and you'd come in, and obviously your boots have got mud all over them. Just that yeah. smell of sort of <laughs> mud that you would have from, yeah. from playing. It's just like steam it. rising. Yeah, yeah, and it's just one of those smells that you obviously don't get. I think the last time I actually no. smelled it was a, um, one of my... Oh, this is going to sound bad, but stick with it. Uh, on my mate Stag Do, a couple mm. of years ago, we went to a thing called Warfighters, which is basically where you do sort of outdoor... You know, It's not like paintball, it's like you sort of... Mm. It's a bit like kind of outdoor laser quest, only you don't go pew right. pew. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was like all day, and it was all outside, and it was it was in November, so it was fairly mm. muddy. Um, and when we got back, we were literally just covered in mud. And just as we were standing there, hacking them like you know, whacking your boots against the wall to get the mud off, it was mm. the exact same smell then. And I was just oh. like, oh, took took me back there, you know. Kind of. Although Indeed. the blisters on my feet and the absolute ache in my legs kind of very oh, quickly yes. snapped back to reality. <laughs> oh, the blisters. Don't remind me of the blisters. Oh, oh yeah. my God. But um, um, I, I was going to say, for, to me, um, secondary school was kind of where it finished playing football. Because after secondary school, uh, I went into sixth form. Nobody was really bothered about playing football there. Mm. Um, and then at uni... Again, none of my mates were into football, so I didn't get to play it at all. I think there was like societies for playing it, but it was all kind of, again, it was that, you know, people who were really into it and I kind of wouldn't have been good enough and, you know, just didn't bother. So I didn't actually yeah. start, I didn't actually play football for probably about 10 years until I, I started working. Um, and they had yeah. like a, they had a company um, football team, which I was good enough to get into, which shows oh. how good they were. <laughs> they used to do they used to do four aside football like indoor um, yeah. and it was four aside not five aside and if you've ever played four That's aside great. you'll know that the, the difference between four and four aside and five aside is a world of pain because oh. when you've got when you've got five aside you think about it you've got one in goal and you've got four outfield players hmm. if you're doing four aside you've got one in goal obviously and then you've only got three outfield players and it was the same size pitch as a five aside as well so <laughs> You've got a hell of a lot of space to cover. And I, bearing in mind, I hadn't done any exercise for years at this point. So I wasn't exactly at my peak fitness. <laughs> and I, I went on, and literally in 30 seconds, I thought I was going to die. 
Because <laughs> I, was, I was just literally, it's constant running. You can't stop. As soon as you, because the ball's moving so fast and, and you have yeah. much more ground to cover, you can't stop. So you just have to keep going. Yeah. And literally after 30 seconds of constant running, bearing in mind I've done no exercise for probably about 10 years, <laughs> I was literally almost collapsing. And after about two minutes, I had to signal to come off again. <laughs> was, to be fair, it was kind of rolling subs. So it wasn't like I'd just gone on for two minutes and then didn't go back on. But it was just the fact that I, that's as long as I lasted. And I think there were people who had been on for the whole half at that point. It was like, oh, God. Oh, so I, I I then carried on playing for that team and it, it kind of um, I somehow ended up as manager I think Ooh. basically because the guy that was doing it was getting hacked off with everyone just basically <laughs> treating it as a bit of a joke jolly and so, up <laughs> and so he sort of handed it on to me so I unwillingly took that on and I very quickly got hacked off with people treating it as a joke as well because you spend all your time trying to organise it and people are just <laughs> not turn up or just not bother telling you or then moan about this that and the other yep. and then you just think for God's sake you know the amount of effort I'm putting into this yeah. but I did my first two things I did as manager was uh, I, I wrote the match reports but I did them in a sort of humorous way and the first one I did was quite funny and everyone said it was really good and they really enjoyed it the second one didn't get down so well, mainly because I kind of, I was, <laughs> I, I used it as almost, a, not a personal attack, but I kind of, I used, there was a guy on our team who I kind of got on with it okay, but kind of was a little bit of tension there, but he'd had an absolute mare of a game. Really? <laughs> he'd basically missed every single shot that he had. So I, I think I opened it up with um, uh, some kind of like pretend circus act about trying to hit his <laughs> ass with a banjo and he took exception to it funnily enough and a couple of other people I think read it and thought mm, that's not very fair Rich so I was kind of like oh yeah. stop doing that then <laughs> I was going to say before you went into that I was going to say who was it you verbally abused <laughs> own up oh, no, just I know, quicker just, if you just <laughs> I, I, don't know what, I don't know what you mean Chris it's like I've got yeah. a reputation <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so, it's, um, it's, I would actually I'll jump in at that point actually, and um, where you mentioned indoor um, four aside, I, I find that quite strange. Really, I've heard of five and six aside, but never four aside. Um, but um, actually, I've got a kind of an equivalent sort of memory, really, which is that um, um, I, a place I ended up working at for nearly twenty years, um, a sort of local authority in London. I'll say no more than that. Um, it basically. Towards the end of that twenty-year period, um, I ended up working in one at one particular site, and they also had a. It was actually um, a, a, a sort of sports centre, if you like, um, uh, which the local authority looked after and ran. Um, and so, and they had a, a few six-a-side, five-a-side um, astroturf uh, outdoor pitches. And so, what we would do once a week about. Um, 10 or 12 of us uh, in the um, IT section, which is where I was working at the time, would uh, get together and go over there and we'd have a match one, you know, for the whole hour of our lunch hour. And, um, and that was a real joy. I mean, that, was, that for me was a chance to play football also for the first time in, in many years, um, certainly for the first time properly in my adult years. And um, and used to love that. I used to might look forward to that the whole week. It was usually on a like either a Wednesday or a Thursday lunchtime, and right from the beginning of the week, I'd just be looking forward to that five five or six side match that we'd have. Uh, great times, and and I'm even proud to say I scored some pretty terrific goals as well. Although sadly, there is no evidence to uh, to, to prove that. Um, but um, but used to love that. But then 
on the back of playing five and six side outdoors, somebody found out that a another sports centre in the area was having an indoor five-a-side competition, and it was open to anyone, like the, the, all the public. It wasn't just sort of um, particular people. So we thought, well, you know, we play five-six-a-side every week. We should be uh, pretty good at this. Let's get a team together, and um, and we'll we'll enter this competition. And you're you're absolutely right. The whole thing about playing indoors is that you don't. If you kick a ball over a fence or something, you don't sort of get a ten-minute wait while you, know, you can get your breath back while you get the ball back. It just bounces off the wall and you carry on playing, and you sort of suddenly think, "But I've, I've, just, I've just I've just been running around for the last ten minutes. Can't I stop?" And it's just it's just relentless. It is absolutely relentless playing in indoor five-a-side, and the, the fact as well that it's indoors means you get all the sort of breathing and the heat coming off of everybody's bodies it's it's this really kind of hot humid atmosphere which doesn't help your breathing either it was kind of closest i got to understanding what it must have been like playing in you know guadalajara in 1970 you know bobby moore and all that um but it's just I, it was a real eye-opener for me actually playing indoors i mean it was kind of fun but i i preferred playing outdoors five or six aside really you just got the fresh air and there was these kind of low walls that you could kind of bounce the ball off of but then sometimes you'd kick it too high and it'd go over so you'd at least have a, a natural break in the game like you would in a normal game so um but yeah in, interesting actually but I, I it's a shame i don't play that anymore i used to like five or six aside anyway carry yeah. on yeah well, I mean, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll come on to why I stopped playing in a minute. Um, but one thing that I've just remembered as well from playing four aside is that because um, we were playing as a company team and we were playing against other teams, um, i.e. not from the same company, um, oh. you occasionally came up against people who took it really seriously. And there was one game oh, where yes. I distinctly remember playing. And they were okay as a team. You know, it was kind of a fairly even match. But there was one guy on there who was basically just fouling the crap out of everyone. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I remember I was just going for the ball. And the next thing is, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And I, I just mm. remember, I don't. all I remember is like feeling something like, just literally like being slammed into and then bouncing off the netting that sure. was separating the two the pitches in between. And basically what he'd done was he just literally shoulder barged me into the wall. Cool. And it was just like what? And it was like it was a complete fact. It wasn't just like a fair, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder. He just literally steamrolled me into the wall, and, I was, <laughs> and it literally kind of sent me flying for. And for a few seconds, I was like, "The hell happened there?" And then the red mist descended, and I immediately mm-hmm. tried to sort of foul him back. But, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it wasn't happening. Oh just, I just I couldn't I couldn't get him, so I was I was a bit annoyed with that. Um, but, but yeah, you're, I, yeah, you're right though. There, there's always someone, isn't there? You, or you bump into either an individual or a whole team who feel that they're on a totally professional level, and therefore they will kick lumps out of you as they see fit. Oh, yeah. those people! Or oh, the God. worst part is when you play a team who are just miles better than you, and and I can't be nice about it. You know, they're not kind of horrible. They're just <laughs> miles better than you, and they literally spend the whole match. I mean, even though the match only lasts like ten minutes, they just spend the whole ten minutes tearing you apart and you're sitting and you're sort of standing there watching it and i suppose you should be running really but that's probably the why we got lost why we lost so much so i'm just standing there watching it. oh this is interesting let's run um but it's just like you stand there after a while and you just think how are they doing this you know? yes and then as soon as you try you think well i've just watched what they've done let's try that and then you do that and the next thing is they've got the ball again you think well this isn't making sense <laughs> yeah been there before been there completely yeah. I must actually so, just mention. Sorry, I was just going to say very quickly. Just uh, it's, it's one the joy of, of doing these podcasts is that you have a few notes maybe written down just to jog your memory. But then, as the other person's talking, you suddenly get all these other ones freed up from the dusty refuge of the back of the mind. Um, very quickly, um, 
following on this this kind of five aside six aside setup that we had at, at work um there was another competition um that was organized somewhere locally it was in the grounds of a local hospital strangely enough on their bit of grass that they had and another open competition and um a bit like you were just sort of saying really when you meet other people you're never quite sure what standard they are you're always a bit wary thinking because we were a bit kind of weak really we just played football and we didn't really go in for crunching tackles we were too kind of <laughs> self-preserving for that um but we went in this competition at this hospital um and i mean that that should have been the first clue really that you know there was that you were likely to kind of have a nearby first aid unit on hand just for any kind of dodgy tackles um but we entered this competition and we didn't do particularly well but there was one um game um somebody figured out that um there was one guy, I think he was the guy who organised it, and he was acting as referee. Uh, lovely chap he was, and all the first round games finished. And with that, he thought, right, I'm going off for a pint. He found this kind of pub over the road and um, and started kind of um, getting his fill of lager or whatever it was. And then somebody realised that actually we had one more game to go. We had actually not completed the first round, so we needed one, there was one more game to be played. So we, somebody went over the road, got him out of the pub, convinced him that look you know we, we need you for just for one more game before we have a break before the second round starts so um could you come back and it took him quite a bit of persuasion but when he came back he actually came back holding a pint of beer in a glass and he actually refereed the next game holding this beer he was not going to be separated from this pint of beer and i've never seen anything like it but it took great skill and dexterity because as far as i can remember he didn't spill a drop but he actually you know wandered around the pitch with this glass of beer and would blow his whistle and 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 book people and i just thought this is a man of you know the absolute utmost skill and dexterity to be able to do that and i think that's that's the way forward really for all major competitions in the world that the referee should actually officiate while holding a pint of his chosen liquor should they be forced to drink it while they're doing it, though? I should think so. He did, and and he, oh, and he did right, a damn, damn fine fine job of it as well. But uh, yes, anyway, that's an I, angle, I can see the uh, Premiership <laughs> going for that. Yes, absolutely. And today's referee will be. <laughs> and today's um, chosen beverage. <laughs> we uh, Michael Smith, who has today decided to drink Castlemaine Forex. <laughs> yeah, it's when they start having pints of vodka, you start worrying. <laughs> oh yes. Anyway, sorry. What was you going to say? I jumped <clears> in there. Sorry, I was just going to say that um, uh, my my football playing days finally came to an end. Um, I used to play uh, I used to play Monday night football as well, not Premiership mm. crap. Um, no, I used to play um, on Sky. So I, was, I was playing twice a week at this point, um, which was keeping me. You know, I was I was eating, you know, for two as well, <laughs> um, and it used to keep me relatively fit. I think um, I because I one of my friends from work, he basically they used to play like. Um, five or six aside on like a, a quite big open pitch um at the to sort of one of the local schools hmm. um and i got into that and it was i really enjoyed it it was it was really good and it, again because it was outdoors it wasn't indoors so it was nice and nice and airy it was a nice thing to do on a monday night as well kind of just an hour's you know kick around it wasn't really serious and the team swapped around all the time so it was it was i really enjoyed it and then hmm. i was just coming up to getting married for the first time um and i was playing i think it was probably about two weeks before and I, I i i could have not gone but i'd kind of had enough of organizing weddings and stuff at this point <laughs> so i said oh, i'm just gonna i'll just go out you know i'll just kind of do it and it was a good game it was going really well and at one point i went for the ball and so did someone else and we collided um mm -hmm. and it the collision itself wasn't a problem it was 
when I spun away from the person because we kind of mm. collided at an angle, which yes. caused my whole body to spin 360 degrees. Unfortunately, my foot was already planted on the floor and that stayed where it was. Ooh. So I tore my cartilage. Um, and I, I literally, it was really agonizing at first. And I kind of just, for about the next five minutes, I just I sat on the side of the pitch, just holding my knee because it was, cool. I, it was a, a very strange pain. I've never experienced it before. Mm. And it was just, it was literally like someone shot me in the knee. Um, yeah, and That's I kind of that still lives with you to this day. Yes, well, I I managed to hobble off eventually. I, I eventually just said after five minutes, said, "Look, I've got, I'm I'm going home. I can't carry on playing." So I went, managed to drive home, and it was my left knee, so it was my clutch foot as well. Mm. And I I had a punter at the time, which had a really heavy clutch. <laughs> so, but I managed to get home, and it was it was like it swelled up as well. And and um, by the time that night, I could I was really hobbling around and and struggling to walk on it. The following morning, I got up and it was still bad. But I thought, well, I'll go to work anyway. Mm. But about an hour into work, I just thought, this is getting to the point where I can't actually put any weight in it. So I thought, I need to go home because otherwise I'm never going to be able to drive home. So I yeah. drove myself home. And yeah, I, I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I tore my cartilage. Uh, so two years later, thanks NHS, uh, I finally had an operation on it. Um, and uh, it was it was okay after that. But then I think it's always been very weak since then. And then about two years ago, I tore my right one playing badminton. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Yeah, so I've had both of them done now. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. There's a pro- professional career just gone up in smoke just in a in a single moment yeah. in time. Yeah, ruined, ruined. ruined. I had to retire. I had to retire at the age of 24. <laughs> shame, shame. I know, I know. A cut, oh. illustrious career cut short. Yeah. It's the, it's the one thing actually I'm I'm very glad about is that I've avoided serious injury. Um, so uh, in my play, football playing days, but um, yes, a few few scratches and scrapes, but nothing major. Not on that kind of scale. I'm pleased to say, touch wood. Uh, anyway, I think actually, um, speaking of, speaking of football injuries, I was going to say that's one of the thing. My other worst injury playing football that I had, apart from the smacks legs with the ball, when I was um, mm. when I was probably about eleven, eleven mm. or twelve or something, I was playing football down on the field, and. Um, there was uh, there used to be like three really tall trees there, but they got cut down years ago. Hmm. And um, where one of the stumps, well, we used to use the two stumps as like a goal. But yes. next to one of the stumps, there was a big sort of patch. Uh, it was like a, an area of earth that had like a big dip in it, but it was kind of covered up with the level of the grass. Yeah. And I was running and went straight into it and went right <laughs> over on my ankle and like, I ended up with a bruise that covered almost the entirety of my foot. Oof, but the problem is, I still wanted to keep playing, so I went in goal. So I thought, well, that's not too bad for going goal. Except that when someone blasted the ball, and I didn't really like diving at the time, so my natural instinct was to save everything with my feet. Yeah. So I stuck my foot out and stopped the ball with the foot that I just knackered. Oh, <laughs> that that was quite painful. I think I went yeah. in at that point. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to give up. Yeah. And literally uh, sat down, and then and over the next course of the uh, course of the next few hours, my my foot turned blue. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. I did something similar playing badminton and going back to your thing actually, but um oh yeah, the the ankle. I can still my stomach just turned over. I I kind of twisted badly on my ankle playing badminton, but uh, but we're talking about badminton, that's uh, which is not what we're here for, but um hmm, yes, tricky business. Um funnily enough, I know we're kind of running out of time um actually, but I just wanted to kind of throw in, did you ever um the, the the old cliche is jumpers for goalposts did you ever actually play football and used your 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 uh, top clothing let's say for for goalposts in the time honored tradition um, i'm sure we did i mean i'm yeah. sure we did we used to use everything anything you could find i mean the one yes. thing i do remember is uh is uh playing 
uh, football on the school playground at mm. lunch times, uh, or before lessons started, if you got in a bit earlier, which would basically consist of, um, I think, jumpers for goalposts at one end, and then the entrance to the playground where the two where the two <laughs> lots of bricks kind of parted is the other goal. Uh, and just remember playing it with some uh, like scrunched up newspaper that had sellotape round it. That was oh, great. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kids today with their equipment and their actual <laughs> balls. <laughs> Replica kit. Yeah. God. Yeah. God damn you all. <laughs> Speaking of kits. Oh, what yes. a nice segue that was. Into the comments. Slick. We had, uh, oh yes. We had uh, Wayne Thomas William Garcia, who said that his best kit that he played in was the 1988 Holland kit, which he bought in an independent sports shop in Southend as a teenager. <laughs> and my, my friend, my best friend at school, had that kit as well. Um, but actually, one thing I wanted to mention was regarding kits and playing football. Mm-hmm. One time we were playing on the on the field, um, there was a bunch of us, and a kid called Michael Curtis, who went to my school, who was George Curtis's son, George Curtis being the manager and manager of, sort of, yes. yeah, the manager of Cov at the time. Absolutely. Um, and this was after we'd won the Cov. This was just before the 87-88 uh, season started. And he turned up wearing an... Um, the the new Cov kit, the Hummel one, mm. but it was dark blue. It was like a it was like oh. a prototype that they got, and that was wow. my first that was my first view of it. And I thought, oh god, I hate that because I was really looking forward to it. And then it was like it was dark blue. What's it dark blue for? <laughs> um, and of course, it wasn't. It was it was sky blue. But I've prototype. never been able to find any information on that kit whatsoever. Well, I, I was but just going to say uh, that would be worth a fortune on eBay if he had that. Uh, oh god, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd buy it off him. <laughs> But, I, but I, that's the thing, I distinctly remember him wearing it, and I distinctly remember him turning up, but of course everyone was like, ooh, that's the new kit, and I just remember looking at it going, oh, that's dark blue, I don't like it, you know, I was really mm. disappointed. So obviously when the official one came out, I was like really happy, but I, I, like I said, I've never been able to track down any information whatsoever on that kit, and what it was, yeah. whether it was an actual prototype, whether it was, you know, if anyone knows, if anyone happens to know anything, please do tell me and you will allow me to sleep at night once more. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find him on Facebook and then just cut to the chase and say, Hi, well, anyway, I was just wondering about that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember it. that shirt from like 30 years ago that you <laughs> wore once? Probably not. <laughs> oh, dear. It's funny. I was going to mention very quickly about uh, kit because I don't remember ever really playing in like full kit. I, maybe I did on a few occasions. Um, but I certainly used to wear um, proper shirts, um, particularly in my latter years, in, getting into my kind of late teens and early 20s. I got into this thing of um, I'd often, I say often, occasionally I would go into London and um, uh, there was a shop. Near Carnaby Street, I think it was called Soccer Scene or something like that, and it had like oh, yeah. masses and masses of of shirts. Just a wonderful place you just spend all day just browsing shirts from clubs and countries all over the world. And I would, I would occasionally go there and, and treat myself to uh, to a new shirt. This was once I'd started kind of probably when I started um, actually going to work after school days and. Um, and bought a few there. I remember having a, a, a PSV Eindhoven shirt and a, a Porto shirt. And I did also cherish as well a Rangers shirt. It was the Rangers shirt from about 87 or 88 kind of thing. It had with a little checkerboard shadow oh, yeah, panel I on it. That one. Loved that yes. shirt. Absolutely loved it. Um, and had a Liverpool sort of, not kit quite. It didn't have the socks, but I had the shirt uh, the, with the pinstripe, you know, the crown paints one. I think I mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, and the shorts. So um, I used to like kind of wearing a shirt, but um, and then maybe just like a pair of old tracksuit bottoms or something. Um, and funny enough, mentioning tra- tracksuit bottoms, going right the way back, going full circle. 
to Michael and Dean Potter when I was about eight, I had a pair of um, those kind of tracksuit bottoms which had the loop that goes under your foot to kind of keep them on, whatever that was for. <laughs> just, uh, But they were bright red. And I used to kind of like them at the time. And I just think, what on earth must I have looked like? I must have been a complete loon back then. I was about eight. Probably could have been seen for miles in these like, bright red tracksuit bottoms. But um, but those were my um, sort of tra- tracksuit bottoms for, for wearing when I was in gold as much as anything else. So I didn't kind of graze my knee because that would have been <laughs> the end of the world probably if I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. And a cursory mention as well while we're on the subject of kit before we kind of wrap up, um, which I suspect is coming up not uh, not far away. Um, did you used to have one of those petrol station footballs um, with the with the names of all the teams printed all over them? Did you ever have one of those, or was that a bit before your time? Um, I don't think I did, but I remember. I think my brother got one for Christmas one year, which was pretty much the same. I think it was a Wembley one. Um, yes, that's it. And I think the funny thing is, I think that was the ball we played with for years. Um, and it basically, because it was a plastic one, it all just got completely scrubbed off. I, I remember as well that two of the ones that I got, is I think I got one through Shoot Magazine or something, which was like a free football. And I was like, wow, free football? And of course, it's a plastic one. I think it yeah. might have been a leather one. And I had a, a Sky Blues one as well. After we won the cup, I had one of those, which was like a kind of commemoration of winning the cup things, which now, mm. again, you can just about see some Sky Blue print left on it. I think it's still <laughs> in my dad's garage somewhere. <laughs> And I remember those those um, flyaway footballs because West Ham, as they were certainly at the time, if not now, uh, a yo-yo club. Uh, they some some years they were in the first division, and sometimes they weren't. And so, depending on which year you had one of these footballs, I'd always first thing I'd do is I'd sort of spin the ball around in my hands, looking for where West Ham were. And sometimes they just weren't on there because they weren't deemed a top-flight side. It was most disappointing. But uh, no, you're, you're talking to a Cobb fan here. We're I just know. used to that kind of thing. We didn't exist. I remember like um, anything that ever used to come out used to be for Man United, Liverpool and Celtic for some reason when I was a child so yeah so I'm I'm just used to that I have sympathy but then I have no sympathy (laughs) Uh, Uh, do I go on mate? no I was just going to say I think we had a couple of other messages didn't we from our fine folk that uh, contacted us on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that we did I was about to read them out (laughs) go on then (laughs) right we had uh, uh, Andy Murray Obviously, I'm assuming that's not the tennis player. You never know. He said, uh, my friends and I played football religiously on Canterbury Park, Durham, after school for several years until we packed up our cricket stump goalposts and went to uni. It was always first to 20, so we could be home for tea. I possibly scored the greatest volley ever seen on that park, or possibly the world. That's brilliant, isn't it? Eh? That's yeah, exactly see, the, what see, it's all about. Nowadays, you'd be able to record that and put it on YouTube. Kids today... They don't know what they they don't know what they've got, you know. In my day, I was playing hobnail boots. What is a hobnail boot anyway? I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not even going to bother. I was going to say it's probably no. a boot with a hobnail. Anyway, yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Something with your logic. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? We, oh, we ha- yeah, go on. Go on. No, you, no, you can read it. Oh, okay. It. Oh, from uh, we had a message from. Uh, David Posa Calderon apologies for mispronouncing your name if I have done there David but uh, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch with us he's the man behind the wonderful football gaffes galore on YouTube with the uh, On This Day videos I think I'm right in saying that aren't I you are I, I, I keep getting David mixed up with someone else <laughs> da- da- David is uh, David is over at, over in Spain and uh, he basically says uh, I played football as a child in a school near my home many bruises many sufferings and very few goals scored and then I changed to a keeper position with my mates and I'm hopeless at this moment being as Gary Sprake sometimes I think we all know what you're getting at there butterfingers <laughs> I think is kind of the phrase we use there but um excellent yeah that's um see 
all these things and, and the goals that people never saw, the, 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 the wonderful goals you scored that no one ever saw, uh, that's kind of the, the wonderful thing. And we haven't even talked about the games that you actually played three and in we used to play, as opposed to 20 and in for Andy Murray, but um, three and in, and then you go, it's your turn to go in goal when you, if you scored three goals before everybody else, and that was our game of choice. Ah. <coughs> and there was, Wem- was it Wembley as well? What was Wembley all that? Oh, maybe it's too late to even think about that, but... Um, not not that Wembley, a game called Wembley, and not even a board game called Wembley, of which there was one. But that's another story. At, uh, happy days playing football, eh? Oh, yes. Well, think I better wrap it up there. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just sort of bore people to death, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> as, if, as if we could. <laughs> How many kidding? Uh, but anyway, yes, until the next time, which for us will be in about two minutes' time, but for you will probably be a couple of weeks, because you know, I can't be bothered to edit the thing until then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only the best for you, everyone. Can. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, you'll get it when we tell you, and you'll shut up, and you'll stop moaning. (laughs) (sighs) Let's go, shall we? That's another couple of listeners gone. (laughs) Anyway, until next time, thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.